0: Hey, this is Eric Twiggs. I'm your procrastination prevention partner, author of the Discipline of Now, and host of the 30-Minute Hour podcast. And if you have real-life situations you want help with, you should listen to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole with my good friend, Nicole Goodman.
1: You're listening to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole, sponsored by R. Clemens Insurance. Nicole is the author of Get Your Own Damn Fish, available on Amazon and founder of FollowBlackDollars.org, the social networking site for black people. Stay connected by texting FBD to 63975. Welcome back to now, what real talk with Nicole? I am sitting here with my good friend Mr. Eric M. Twigs. He is your procrastination prevention expert and author of the Discipline of Now, chief visionary, motivational speaker, and host of the Thirty uh, Minute Hour podcast. But before we get into that, you know. It, procrastination is your deal we all sit around and say okay someday one day Monday but someday and one day is not on the calendar so um, if, if you have goals and success is your mission then stop waiting stop procrastinating grab a pen and pad and buckle up because you're about to get some phenomenal tips um, straight from the horse so without further ado I want to welcome to the show Eric are you there? I am here.
0: It's an honor to be on your show, Nicole. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. I am am truly honored. The honor is is seriously all mine. Um, Thank you so much. And I'm definitely looking forward to being on your show as well. So uh, we're going to help folks get to know you, get to know who you are, and let them know that you were not born this procrastination prevention expert that they see before them today. Uh, Where'd you grow up?
0: So I grew up in Washington D.C. Yeah, born and raised. Okay. Hmm. So I mean, my story as far as how I got to this point it started for me in college, right? Yeah. Okay. But, and I talk about this in the book. Um, so I was I went to Hampton University. Okay. Right. It was my senior year, and I'm having this conversation with my good friend Donnell. And Nicole, I have to admit right now that he and I, we were a little different, right? He was all about his purpose and I was all about the party. Mm -hmm. And he would always, you know, he'd always give me a hard time and he would say, all right, you need to get serious, get focused, figure out what you want to do. And I'd be like, man, loosen up. We have plenty of time for all of that stuff. Are you coming to the frat party with me or not? Right. And, And so time goes by, I don't speak to him for a while. But then I get a phone call from his mother informing me mm. of the fact that he was killed in a car accident. Wow. Yeah. Changed everything for me. It sent me a message. It sent me the message that maybe we don't have the time that we think to do the things that we want to do. Absolutely. You know, um, everyone that listens to my show
1: knows that I'm I'm all about transparency and and sharing your struggles and the things that we deal with to get uh, to and through where we are and like you you know i suffered a terrible loss less than two years ago in losing my husband and i've been waiting and waiting and waiting to get my autobiography done you know 11 years (laughs) it took me 11 years i said you know what i gotta get it done so i could definitely identify with that so that did that prompt your change right away did you um jump headlong into being the procrastination prevention expert after that?
0: Nicole, I wish it was that simple.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so no, so here's the thing, right? I, I thought the message was that I, I needed to achieve success. I needed to climb the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought the message was. that's what I did. I was driven, I was focused, and I got to this point where you could argue that I'd arrived. Mm-hmm. You know, I I had a nice car. I, I was I was a district manager. I had 17 locations. This was for automotive service. That's what had, sir, what every, type of jobs? What what type of jobs were yeah, you doing? So here? so basically I was working uh, in the automotive service industry mm-hmm. and I'd risen to the rank of district manager. So I had 17 locations, I had 500 people working for me. Mm. We I'm winning all these awards and you know, I had the nice income. And so I remember this plain as day, I'm driving, I stop at the light, I look into the rear view mirror and the eyes that were looking back at me were the eyes of someone who hated what he was doing.
1: Wow. You you mentioned in one of your interviews that uh, I remember hearing about this part that you were in a BMW and feeling like you had, you know that's that's the black man's wish. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, at a, at, a, at a fairly early age, and and you were seemingly doing well, but at that moment, you uh, you coined a phrase. You coined a lot of phrases, and in, in some of your interviews, at that point, you felt successful but not significant. Yes. explain that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really feel like I was impacting like the greater good or I was really doing something that would live beyond me mm. I think that was the the big thing I just didn't I just felt like there's more you ever had a feeling where it's like you know there has got to be more you know yeah. yeah yeah I've got a nice income but I'm not making an impact
1: yeah, I, I definitely I said, you know, when even when I was as I was going through a lot of your profile information and stuff, I said, I, I got to interview this guy, man. We are, are so of the same mindset, you know, even though you know, I was the first responder and, you know, physically, yeah, I saved lives. I was a lifeguard and a, and a police officer, crimes investigator. So, yeah, I, I have saved. I put my hand and touch people, save lives. But um, it's not the detective in any of those cases that ever really makes, you know, the news, it, it makes the impact. And even though I, you know, completed my career and I wound up retiring honorably, I still felt like, you know, when I die, it's the name Nicole Jennings Goodman is just going to fade by the wayside when anybody that knows me personally. So I, I felt like I needed to make that significant impact.
0: So here's the thing, though. A lot of times, people like they can look at my situation or look at your, you. You've got a stable job. It looks like you're successful. Mm-hmm. And if you said you were stepping away from it, they're gonna first their first response. They're gonna be like, "What? Right, like, All right." Like, like that like, had to be scary for you. This. Yeah. So it's, so it's hard for people to understand because it is. It, it's like cut, you're coloring outside the lines.
1: Right. I mean, and that's, that was, you know, I know that's that change had to be scary, you know, for you to decide that you wanted to do something different. So when, when you want that change, what was that change? You went from being in this corporate position and you said you didn't feel like uh, you were being significant. What was the big change that you made? that people? So it's interesting. Trading?
0: Yeah. So at first I thought maybe, you know, I, I probably just need to change. Roles, right? You know, a lot of my friends at the time were getting into pharmaceutical sales. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, I'm, I've always been good at sales. And and I remember I went to this guy who was like a headhunter. And, mm-hmm. and he just said, Look, Eric, there's nobody in their right mind that would hire you to be pharma- do pharmaceutical sales. You don't have the background. You know, this, what, you know, think about what is it that you really want to do? And he really challenged me, What do you really want to do? And I'm like, I want to make money. I want to be successful. No, no, that's not what I asked you. What do you want? And I really had to think. And at the moment, I'm like, you know, I really don't know. Wow. And that, that forced me to really take a couple of steps back. And, and I started thinking about times when I felt like I was successful, for, or not successful, but when I felt like I was fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And it always pointed back to when I was doing public speaking. Wow! Like, so as, a, and as I was moving up in my career, I spent time as a corporate trainer. And I remember I would I would be talking to people and I would always think, man, you know what? There are actually people that get paid just to do this. Man, this would be great. I could just do this all the time. I would always think that. And so I, I came to this realization that that's it. You know, I need to be a motivational speaker. That is my thing. But I started procrastinating. Oh uh, What? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> It was like three years later after that that I actually did something. Because so here's what happened. Here's what happened. Okay. I started getting these thoughts like, okay, well, who, who's going to pay me to speak to their organization? What, what am I going to say that hasn't already been said? And, and I started having these thoughts. These
1: self-deprecating and, and, thoughts.
0: Right, right. Uh, yeah. So and that kept me. So finally, I, I just decided I was going to take the next step. And that's joining Toastmasters. That that was I said okay look, least I can do is join Toastmasters, right? No harm in that. Okay. And the funny thing that happened was when I joined Toastmasters, that's when I met somebody who trained professional speakers. He was he's a professional speaker himself, and he had a little course. It, it was an investment, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I remember I took his course, and literally I I, I implemented one of the ideas he gave me, and paid for the course. And then some, right? Wow, okay. Yeah, so, and then when I was in Toastmasters, I met someone who was in the National Speakers Association. And they would always tell me, you need to join the National Speakers Association. You need them telling you. And so I did that. Mm -hmm. And that's how I met Dr. Willie Jolly, who ended up writing the forward for my book. Wow. Yeah.
1: So all of a sudden, you that first baby step that you took to say, you know what? I'm just going to join Toastmasters. And that put you in a whole different social and networking circle of people.
0: Right. And that's so here's the takeaway. The takeaway is that don't focus on the whole big picture a lot of mm-hmm. times. What can you do next? Because a lot of times when you take the next step, the, the step you're supposed to take after that will start to reveal itself.
1: Right. You know, I think it was um, a quote from uh, Martin Luther King. He said, you don't have to see the whole stairway. Just take the first step. Right, and you know, and more things just rolled out. You know, from that, um, how did your friends and family start to respond to this new attitude of Eric?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think at first it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> but but as they saw me, you know, continuing to operate in that space, and you know, I came up with like an audio product and then an ebook. Then they, they started to see that I that I was serious.
1: That's awesome. You know, a lot of a lot of us do not have family that are supportive of new ventures. You know, we you get into uh, a a a good paying job and I'm doing air quotes on, on radio. <laughs> we get into that good paying job um with benefits and this, that and the other, and the thought of doing anything else, you know, or anything other than that or much less letting that go. It's so scary to most people, you know. Did you leave that position right away and go into public speaking?
0: No, it it was more, it was a gradual thing. Yeah, I mean, just over a a period of years. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's a process, you know, started with a network of people that were in Toastmasters and just started building and building from there.
1: Awesome. So um, if you have one networking tip for the newbies out there that are are, uh, not comfortable with networking in new circles,
0: what would that be? I would say don't just make it about yourself and what you can gain. You know, think about how you can help that other person. Think about how you can connect them to resources. So like if I know somebody's interested in a particular field and I know somebody that's in that field, I'll try to connect the two of them.
1: That's
0: beautiful. Uh, you're a serial network. Because here's the thing, because like, you know, a lot of people, people pick up when you're salesy. Mm-hmm. And one of my pet peeves is if, you know, I, I I meet somebody at a conference or a networking event, now all of a sudden I'm getting their newsletters. Really? <laughs> you know, like, I don't remember signing up for this, right? All of a sudden I'm getting your weekly newsletters. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. And go ahead.
1: Son. I'm sure it just.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, so I think, if you, I think if you if you make it about the other person and, you know, see, how can you help them? How can you help them to connect to, to what they're trying to get to? I, mean, it just make, it, I think it takes the edge and the pressure off of
1: it. Yeah, I, I agree. I always say nobody cares how much you know, how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Right. You know, yeah. Um, and I've, I guess I've listened to a lot of your stuff and you coined some phenomenal phrases and some really bold statements. Um, there was a statement that said, the nine to one guaranteed return on investment. I said, I can't wait to talk to this brother about that. How do you how do you manage that one?
0: Oh, as far as with uh, talking about my clients, getting yeah. a and,
1: and guerrilla marketing. My favorite one is entrepreneurial poverty. Let's focus on that one because you talk to a lot of people who say, I own a business, I own a business, and then, you know, well, what do you do? I fix cars or I do hair. No, you own a job. <laughs> and between between clients, you are unemployed. Please help our listeners understand what entrepreneurial poverty is.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think it's very easy to get into a position where you own a job that you, you own a job that you don't like going to. Mm-hmm. But you've, got a lot, but you've got a lot of skin in the game. And the challenge is you can't leave. Mm. I mean, so, so what happens is, we back up. You get sold this turnkey thing. Oh, hey, you know what? You can buy into this franchise. It's turnkey. Yeah, piece of cake. And, but the problem is you really, you don't have a passion for it. Mm. And if you don't have a passion, you're, you're, you'll be less willing to do those little things that will make you successful. You know, you'll, you'll be less willing to be the first one there and the last one to leave if you really don't like it. Right. And, and so people get into the, to businesses for the wrong reason. They just look at the money-making opportunity. So, like, I would tell somebody, if you're trying to get to, if you're thinking about buying a sandwich franchise, let's say, can you see yourself on a Friday night making sandwiches? That's you know, it, when all your friends are out socializing, do you see yourself on a Friday night because your person called out do you see the? you see yourself making sandwiches? And if your answer is yes, go for it. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, if you're like absolutely not, <laughs> that's something you need to think about, right? right? And, and so that's where that comes in. I think we 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 kind of go into it's easy to go into business with rose rose colored glasses on, thinking that you're just going to be this entrepreneurial mogul. But it, it's a lot of work, and it's a grind, and and you really have to have that start with that passion
1: i concur (laughs) i had no idea how much uh producing a podcast was working. okay you just you plug it in you get on a platform you talk to somebody on the screen but no it is not that easy there was probably seven hours of preparation just for you and this conversation that you and i are having right now
0: that's the perfect the podcast is the perfect example Mm -hmm. and and that's what like like i have my podcast the 30 minute hour and I always tell people I am surprised at how much I love it. Like, what? yeah, I mean, I, I like I'm honestly interested in people's stories. I look for like if I've got a podcast, I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. And you're right, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of preparation. It's getting the questions ready, doing your research, you know, all the little prepar- preparatory things. And if you don't, that's why so the typical podcast lasts between fourteen to twenty episodes. Wow. Right, I mean, we're on episode number 108, <laughs> and, and that's love.
1: That's yeah. I and mean, I
0: think you know, myself and my co-host, we really, we genuinely love it, and he and I get along very well. So, I so I think you have to enter these ventures with you know, is this is this something I'm passionate about? I think you have to ask yourself that question.
1: I absolutely agree. Um, I consider myself a serial networker, um, and. You know, just having I love having people around me that have passions for stuff. So if you got a passion for something, I help you figure out how to monetize it, and you'll never work. Uh, a day, day in your life, I used to do most level marketing, and one of the hardest industries in America, yes. uh, because everybody thinks that you're scamming, and then you know that it's a scam. And I was marketing legal plans with you know it was prepaid legal, now legal shield. And I loved it. I loved what the service did. I would have told people about it for free. You know, being a first responder, being there. Nobody calls the police when they're having a party unless macaroni starts flying. So, (laughs) you know, so being that one that uh, is there at people's worst times in their life and, and they're scared and they have no idea what to do and, you know, being able to provide them with uh, this information where they can gain access was a passion of mine. So it didn't matter how many times folks told me no or told me that I was scamming or stealing or whatever. I was still, you know, extremely passionate about it and still have that company today. So you know, I, I thoroughly agree with you. If you have passion, it's not work. People always ask me, well, how are you so successful? How are you? You know, how much time do you spend working? And I would always answer, I don't know, because it, t- it takes me 15 minutes to explain the program, three minutes to do an application, but I was at, this people, at these people's house for four hours. So, 18 minutes, <laughs> you know, but the relationships that I built, you know, during that time were phenomenal. How important, um, talk about relationship building and, and mentors, how important is that?
0: Diesel. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, so like even, again, back to my podcast, a 30 minute hour. One of the things we, we have these people that are sometimes we, we get these people that serious influencers, have big followings, have built like eight figure companies from scratch. Mm. They always mention the word mentor. Mentors. Right. And, and so Ted and I, my co host mm-hmm. we always like look at each other because we know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Right. They've, they've accomplished all these great things. we like, how did you do it? What is your secret? And they, and they end up mentioning this mentorship. I, I just think it's critical. I mean, it just saves you a lot of, of expensive lessons. You know, some, you know it, so if you want to have a successful podcast, find someone who has a successful podcast and find out what they did.
1: I agree. Um, I always tell people don't follow somebody that ain't following nobody. <laughs> you know i want to follow somebody that's success that's following other successful people and you know i like you just really validate uh all of my own personal philosophies that mentorship in in so many different areas i had a mentor for weight loss i have definitely had several mentors for this podcast and listening to your podcast so far have been very helpful Uh, The 30-minute hour, please explain how you've been able to cram an hour into 30 minutes. (laughs) That definitely takes some superhero powers.
0: That's right. So so we we call it the 30-minute hour because Mm -hmm. most of the episodes go an hour. uh, But (laughs) it it feels like 30 minutes because of the content. And we we say it's not your everyday podcast because, I mean, similar to this show, it's fun. Right. You know, Ted and I, you know, we we crack jokes on each other and the guests always say, oh, man, you know, that's the most fun I've had on a podcast. Uh, But at the same time, we leave them with nuggets and specific things that they can go back and implement. Uh, So, yeah, so that's the 30 minute hour. We we try to keep it light, but we definitely want people to learn things.
1: Absolutely. Um, You talk about. discipline as a skill, and uh, that I have to agree with. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, we are, we all on the same um, wavelength. Before I started this podcast, um, when I released, I released my book last October, I was actually reluctant for about two weeks, once I got the manuscript done, to release it, because I already had a Huge feeling about what was going to happen. I had been retired for three years, three and a half years, being a wife and, you know, and then dealing with the loss of my husband and grieving and stuff. I said, all right, now I'm going to have to get back into uh, corporate. I'm to have to get, my calendar is going to start filling up. I've got to discipline myself to get ready <laughs> to get back to some type of structure um explain that discipline as a skill
0: yeah i think it's i, I think some people come by it naturally more so, more so than others like i feel like for me discipline is a superpower for me personally but i do think it can be developed like you can you can cultivate discipline okay. you, know, you can get you can, there's certain things you can put in place and as you start to form certain habits you can become more of a disciplined person. I mean, there are people I've worked with who, you know, when I f- we first started working together, they're like, I am such a procrastinator. And they would say, oh my gosh, Eric, you don't understand. I'm chronic. And, and so, but like just, just that we, we get them in the habit of making an appointment with themselves. Right. So now they, instead of saying, I'm going to do it this week. They say, I'm going to do it Tuesday at eight o'clock, from eight o'clock to eight 30. And mm-hmm. they put it on the calendar. set themselves a reminder. Now that becomes a discipline. So now they they know to, to devote this time. So I mean, you you, you start to and then as you start to build momentum and wins, it starts to ingrain the habit. So I, I do believe that discipline is a skill that can be developed. That
1: makes a lot of sense. Like making appointments with yourself, <clears throat> even in your book, uh, and you explain the, the you explain it so sim- simply. As, you know, like a simplistic thing, and the subtitle of your book: Twelve Practical Principles to Overcome and Procrast- Procrastination. Um, and that's would that be like step one, two? This this is your first steps into getting things together. They they got to they download the book to hear the, the other eleven steps, but.
0: <laughs> Yeah, so so the book is divided into three parts. We talk about like the cost. We start off talking about the cost of procrastination, mm-hmm. right? Because people don't realize it's a silent killer. Mm-hmm. And you think you're, you know, people always say to me, "Oh, Ed, you don't understand. I work better under pressure." But that's you know that catches up with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so you really have. So you, it has a cost, and people and companies literally make money knowing that you're going to procrastinate.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: pe- companies do mail-in rebates because they know you're not gonna take the time to mail in the form. Then so <laughs> they know that about you, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so there's a cost and you, you have to realize that. And then we, t- we get into the, just the common causes of procrastination. Uh, and, and then, so I, I've created a model. The, the final part of the book is the cure. And, the, and it's based off of something I call the procrastination prevention pyramid. And the pyramid has five levels on it. And if you take the five steps, you find that you're on your way to overcoming procrastination. So that's how the book. But that's really the thing that really makes the book different mm-hmm. about different than the other books on the topic of overcoming procrastination is the procrastination prevention pyramid.
1: Okay, your book is really kind of a workbook structure. Yes, yes, it's exercises and all kinds of good stuff. That's beautiful. I actually um, with. I've just got done writing my workbook. Uh, when my book was released in October, uh, it's titled Get Your Own Damn Fish. <laughs> subtitled I'm the Bitch Life Made Me. So, um, That's
0: a great title. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: wow. And I, I wanted, I needed something that would catch the eye. And it was picked up by a psychologist that had shared it with several of her clients and um, had some really good feedback. So she reached back to me and asked me if I would do a how-to workbook. And I was absolutely flabbergasted. It took me f- about three or four weeks to really wrap my head around the fact that somebody wanted a one, two, three ABC book on how I got through those obstacles. But, uh, Once I did get it in my head, I pounded out four modules in two days. So, And then I got stuck for five months on the last chapter. (laughs) So, you know, just overcoming those things and and being able to push through stuff. But I continue to, you know, look up people like you and, and, you know, try to find um, inspiration from other people versus just trying to stay in my head. So, you know, the things that the points that you talk about are so valuable and so validating to, you know, how I've been able to live my life. So I appreciate you oh, know you so much being able to, to get all of that stuff into a simple workbook called The Discipline of Now to help people uh, overcome a lot of those obstacles. Um, you you've had some great wins, you know, um, you know, I know you, you lost your your brother um, You know, back in college, but tell us some of the obstacles that you had to push through once you decided to make this uh, change towards your new life.
0: Well, yeah, just all kinds of challenges. And I mean, sometimes you have a presentation that doesn't go well. You know, it's (laughs) when you're a speaker, you know, everybody has bad days at the office, right? Things just don't go as planned. But when you're a speaker, it's in front of 300 or more people. (laughs)
1: And that imagining the audience as naked does not work. It doesn't work.
0: <laughs> so you have that? You know, uh, but but the key is you, you try to learn from it. Um, and you know, I've I've lost clients that you know, we you know, I've had been with me for a while. I've not gotten accounts. I mean, so this I, I think you have to understand that failure is a part of the process. All right. You know. You know. I posted things and. Only the crickets responded. You know?
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <So> <laughs> ta- a failure as part of the process, that is, that's is—that's a great um, speaking point right there because so many people um, hesitate to get started because they're afraid to fail.
0: Um, no, I, I, I think you need to fail fast. I mean, I think, you know, you need to... like like So uh, w- one of my mentors had this weird thing, right? Mm-hmm. He joined four Toastmasters clubs at the same time. And and we would be like, why are you in four clubs? That is crazy. What are you you doing? He said, said, I wanted to quadruple my failure rate. Wow. Because I know if I quadruple my failure rate, I'm going to be a great speaker. (laughs) That is a
1: heck of a uh, concept. it's It's a mindset. It
0: is. Right. But most people... They, let's say, you know, why, why do New Year's resolutions fail? Because you say, I'm going to go on this diet. I'm never going to eat cake for 2021. And then you slip up and you eat the cake and you say, oh, I'm such a failure. And, and, and you go back to what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Which you had to factor failure into the success plan. Failure is part of the process. You need to learn from it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was a fat girl once upon a time. So I understand the whole cake. <laughs> you know, if you eat cake today, just... Start over again tomorrow. Try to make it longer time between the next time you eat cake. You uh, give us a glimpse into your daily routine. You know, are you just workaholic that gets up like me? Gets up, goes straight to the desk, and I'm there 17 hours. But uh, give us a glimpse into your daily routine.
0: A typical day, I wake up around 4.30 or so. Uh, In the morning? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, so 4.30 a.m., and... Uh, I like to do prayer and meditation to get started. Um, then from there, I go to the gym, do weights and cardio. Um, and then I come back and I'll be working with clients or and or uh, getting ready for a podcast, uh, doing interviews. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty jam-packed day. Uh, now, I, I told somebody else here, this just a little while ago. I am a superstar napper. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the best napper in the business. Let me tell you. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: but no, uh, I'm really big into energy management and especially like when I'm doing sometimes like my podcast is at seven o'clock in the evening. Okay. And if I wake up at four 30 in the morning and try to just power through nonstop, I'm not going to have anything left by the time it's time to do the podcast. Mm. So I'll work in like a half hour nap, and I find that it helps to just kind of restart my my energy cycle.
1: Uh, And that's interesting (laughs) because I'm exact opposite. If I nap, my day is over. You know, um, even though I work third shift for many, many years, get off at 730 in the morning, go home, go straight to bed. Uh, but I'm usually up. I have to be up by 2:30 in the afternoon. Between the, it's weird. The hour between the hours of 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. If I sleep 15 minutes, I wake up. The ah, bitch life made me. <laughs> so I I will run an 18-hour day and then stop, crash. That's it. Yeah. So that. But my husband though he was the napper. Like you, he get up four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, and train, and do all this all day. Come home for lunch, half an hour nap, and go the rest of his day. Yeah, so I guess you have to figure out really what works for you.
0: Yeah, that's true. Mm. But, but yeah, but it so there's a a peak performance principle. It's about recovery, mm. right? And a lot of times, if you work and work and work, you, that you it's possible to become a candidate for burnout. Mm. That's why it's good to build in breaks, even if it's, you know, So if it's not, maybe it's not taking a nap. Maybe yeah. it's just going outside and walking around for 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, that's but, but my help- thing. Yeah, but it helps to step away from what you're doing and just kind of give yourself, give your mind time to recover.
1: That's beautiful. Um, the What Now Movement. Yes. Let's talk about that.
0: So interesting, we, uh, it was around April of last year as the pandemic was really getting going,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and so I'm the president of this What Now movement, my co-host on the podcast is one of my vice presidents, and so we were in our different walks, we would be talking to people that said, hey, I'm going to start this venture, but I'm going to wait till things get back to normal, and we we were like, no, you can't, that's the last thing you want to do. You know, the last is, you really should be asking yourself, what now? Mm-hmm. And that's really when all the light bulbs went off. We said, you know what? We need to call this the What Now Movement. So whenever you're faced with a crisis, you know, instead of stopping, you know, you need to pivot and mm-hmm. you can ask yourself, what now? And that's how we started the What Now Movement. We've got this Facebook group right now, over 1,600 people. Wow. It's entrepreneurs and career professionals, authors and yeah we just we put content in there on a regular basis to inspire people to keep moving
1: that is beautiful um, and if you're listening you can definitely connect with eric on ericmtwigs.com can't get any simpler in a man's name and check out all the wonderful things that he is doing uh, for anyone who will uh, take that step and listen uh, some of the steps that you talked about um, when you were Discussing the what now movement is keeping promises to yourself How important is that
0: it's huge? It's huge because that that's really what builds confidence mm-hmm. Right when you can start to keep the promises that you make to yourself And and, and but to make that the start off it helps to start small okay. Right start starts with start with those little things uh, So, you know, if you, if you say you don't work out, you know, it, it could be I'm gonna take a five-minute walk Uh-huh You know, it's just start simple. And then when you do that, you start to build confidence and and build momentum. And then you can start to keep bigger promises. But I just think that is so important that you you get to the point where you you're in that habit of keeping the promises you make to yourself.
1: I agree. Um, One of the first things that popped in my mind when I heard you talk about keeping those uh, promises to yourself was uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump Gump is one of my favorite all time movies. Um, simply because he it was important for him to keep his promises that he made whether his friend died or not he said a promise is a promise yeah. and he became successful success didn't matter to him you know the money didn't matter none of that mattered all that mattered was keeping his promises um, and being true to himself to other people you know to keep the promises that he made to other people and being true to himself so um, it's it, that's my, my, my mind association with how I kind of get things done. Um, you also pointed out, uh, losing connection with your goal. Uh, how, how do you lose connection with your goal?
0: Because if you don't keep it in front of you at all times, cause like, you know, life, so you, so you have, let's say we talk about, New, you know, New Year's, you have these plans, you, you set resolutions, goals, what have you, mm-hmm. but, you know, life gets in the way and you start to, it's easy to forget about what you're focused on. That's why you have to, when you're making goals, you know, you, you have to keep it visible, you know, and all, keep it in front of you. Put So I would say, you know, if you've got main, you know, primary goals that you keep the, if you have a main computer you work off of, mm-hmm. you're right there. So you have to look at it all the time. So if somebody can ask you at any time, you know, hey, how you come with your goals? You know, it, it's right there. Set reminders for yourself. This is what I, I do with people I work with. You know, I, I'll designate like the first Monday of every month. That Okay, that's, that's your goal review Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, set a reminder on your phone. So every month of the year, every first Monday. You know, so that that goes off. That, that should remind you to check in with yourself. How am I progressing on on my goal progress? Check yeah, in so, with yourself. Yeah, you got to check in. Right. Yeah, because it becomes out of sight, out of mind. You know, when you if if you, if you don't have systems in place like that.
1: That's um, that's very valuable. um What about vision boards? You uh, you think that's an important step for people to make vision boards?
0: I think it helps. You just, you just have to have a commitment to action. You know, you can't just think that, okay, if I put these pictures up, you know, if I put a Mercedes on my board, I'm going to go and there's going to be a Mercedes in my driveway. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're, you're committed to taking the action and that cues you to into action, I think it could be a good thing.
1: Yes, this is not a magic trick. Just, I will conjure a BMW. <laughs> um you know what I've, I've found um, and this, this I'm guilty of it myself um is that fear that when you do make uh, if this does work then people are going to be looking at me like I got to keep doing this that, that fear of success and self-sabotage yep. um how detrimental you know and how did did you did you deal with that that fear of success when things really started to pop and how did you push through that itself
0: um now, fear of success wasn't my thing, uh-huh. but it's very common. Yes. It's probably one of the most most common fears, believe it or not. You know, it's the, it's the fear that you know maybe I'm not, maybe I won't be able to measure up to the new expectation. Hey, you know, if I deliver this great speech, they're going to expect me to deliver another great speech. Maybe I only have one great speech, <laughs> so it, that, that's not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of people I've worked with have struggled with that fear of success. So it's kind of the, it's the formula is be, do, have, right? Mm-hmm. So if I can become more, I can do more. And then if I can do more, I can ultimately have more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so if I'm always focusing on becoming more and, and just always reading, always looking to get better, always, I don't really have to fear with, with the next level because I'm prepared.
1: Right. Come um, prepared. You When uh, you and I talked this afternoon I wasn't sure whether we were going to be able to do the interview, or you know, we were just going to be talking about scheduling the interview. And uh, you said, "Well, when?" And I said, "Well, I'm ready. Let's do it." You know, just being prepared, um, you know, has has always been a mainstay for my for me as well. So it's just so much validation, and and just I'm just so uh, grateful that you've been able to come on and. Uh, point out these things that I've been doing okay, <laughs> even myself. You know that, that having this fear that um, you know that I can and or I'm not. You know so thank you so much. Um, is this anything like you thought you would be doing when you were a kid? Like, when when you was a kid, like I want to be standing on stage speaking to millions of people.
0: No, <laughs> 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 no. Uh, now honestly i I didn't, when I was younger i, I didn't see myself uh, doing that No, I, I i don't even think I was fully aware that you could actually get paid you know speaking to people you know uh, it was more of uh you know the traditional businessman doctor lawyer you know those are the types of things um that I was looking at when I was younger
1: well, at least you had a plan I had no idea well, I'll just try this until I figure it out. So yeah. if you could uh, sit and these is, you know, just some of the fun questions that I love to ask people just to see what the answer is going to be. And I've gotten some amazing, uh, just a wide range of answers. If you could sit on a park bench and talk to anyone for an hour past or present, who would it be and why?
0: I think Nelson Mandela. I, (laughs) I, I just don't. Understand how, I mean, how you could come like be in jail for 27 years and then come out and not be bitter and not hold. I mean, mean, just an incredible person. Like they said, um, he like he was, I heard he was, he did interview, right? And the reporter asked him, you know, how did you survive 27 years in jail like that? And what he said, he said, oh no, I wasn't surviving, I was preparing. Hmm. I mean, just just an incredible person. I mean, and he, and he had he had an opportunity to really get revenge when I mean, he became president of the country. He could have taken the people that locked him up and put them in jail if he wanted mm-hmm. to, but he, he he refused to do that. And he, there were some people he actually kept in the same positions because he wanted to be like the bigger person. I mean, I, I don't know <laughs> if I can. Could- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would like to think that I would be like that if i was in that situation but i can't i don't know that i would uh,
1: you know what um i i can't i can't even say that i would either <laughs> you know just an exceptional person okay um you have a pump up song when you get you ready to do some stuff you have a pump uh, up song and you know with yeah, like, i like that right
0: yeah I, I like that eminem song that, that lose yourself all right yeah, so like when I, you know, I like to do marathons and half marathons, that that kind of got me in that, you know, that mindset. So yeah. Okay, you do
1: half marathons.
0: Yeah, not anymore. But okay. when, I, when I was doing them, now I'm just wow. at the gym. But uh, <laughs> but it got it got me in that that mood. That okay, it's go time. Yeah, this is it. Uh, you lose yourself by Eminem.
1: Okay. Um, do you feel like what was what are some areas um, of either personal areas or professional areas you still feel like
0: you could use a little work in? I, I'm not as patient as I could be, uh, <laughs> you know, but I, I'm still I think I've gotten better. But, I, I you know, I, I want results yesterday. and It doesn't always work that way. Mm. Uh, sometimes it's, it's a process. You know, and, and you have to. Sometimes, sometimes, you just have to work the process, and it's better to wait. But so, so that that's something I'm still, still working on.
1: Preach, brother T. <laughs> tweet, tweet, <laughs> it's preach, brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just okay. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and and wrap things up, but I would love for you to leave our listeners with three of your tips for time management.
0: Okay. So number one, I, I touched on this earlier. Uh, making an appointment with yourself. I think definitely a bit like if you have a project, I mean, that's, that's really the best thing to do. Uh, instead of saying, I'm going to do it this week and then it's Friday at five o'clock and you haven't done it. You just really okay. set, set aside that specific day and time. Um, and set, you know, set an appointment, make sure you're uh, undisturbed. So, so that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is, uh, three by five or three by five card. And at the end of each day, I write down my five key priorities uh, for the following day, right? And so it's very important to, number one, you want to write it down because that's really what ingrains it into your brain. Um, And then you want to write it down at the end of the day. So that way you can kind of sleep on it, get your subconscious mind going to work. And then the following day, now you're waking up. And by the way, that helps you feel confident. Because you kind of know what your priorities are going into the day, um, and you'll find that you, procrast- you you'll feel compelled to get those things done. And if, if you feel like you got those, if you got once you get those five things done, you, you can really say you won. Okay. You know, so so that that's number two. Then number three really is just focus on what's the next step, right? Especially if it's a big project. You know, a lot of times it gets overwhelming if you try to look at. The, the total project, but but what's what's the smallest step that I can take? So if it's mm. if it's writing a book, you know it, it could just be okay. I'm gonna outline the chapters, uh, or okay, it could be as simple as I'm gonna call someone who's already written ten books.
1: Mm.
0: So that could save you because a lot of times you procrastinate when you think it's oh this is so overwhelming. I don't know where to start. You know, so just start with something the smallest step those are those are my uh, three Beautiful.
1: points um, you can again you can uh, find out all the awesome things that Eric is doing at Eric there is a link there to his 30 minute hour podcast his book uh, the discipline of now is on Amazon there's a part of it. it's an audio book that's phenomenal I um, haven't I haven't r- risen to that level yet brother. That's that uh, Having that in my ear. I know there's a couple of books that I listen to um, And then one of my issues I I was in a car wreck put my head into the windshield so I used to love reading books before and that but that created a, a Huge issue for me. Right. It's been 20 years now. was February of 2001 in the police car guy ran a red light totaled a police car, (laughs) and uh, ran me head on into a pole, and I actually lost my memory for two years. So reading, like opening a book, and I would get down to the bottom of the page and don't know what I read, or if I did try to focus, the words would move on me. (laughs) So uh, having access to the Audible and, you know, audio book platforms helped me to be able to get back into that discipline of... Getting that input information, so it's so valuable and wonderful that you took out the time and effort to make it. That's not easy. Audiobooks are not easy to create, you know. Um, and I haven't had the opportunity to listen. Is it your voice doing it? It's me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you put oh, the work dad. in on that one. <laughs>
0: uh, so you know, I, I feel, I'm like, okay, piece of cake. I, I do public speaking, no problem. I was surprised at how hard it was. All right. All right. Yeah. So
1: you know and uh, the the overall general concept is just do it you know you you like you I was surprised at how difficult these things were but I found out that the more I got into it the more I really enjoyed doing it the better I'm getting at it then I get to meet awesome people like you and I'm taking more notes <laughs> I'm t- I'm taking as many notes um for myself as I am you know, just for speaking points and, and stuff to talk about. So, there's always more to learn. The, um, you know, you can always improve and I certainly appreciate you taking the time and effort to share your story with us. So, you know, like I said, so people know that you were not born Eric M. Twiggs, <laughs> the procrastination prevention expert. Uh, before we get out of here, I really need to know how did you wind up sliding into the niche of procrastination prevention?
0: Well, after that experience with uh, with Donnell, I really started thinking about you know overcoming procrastination and not wasting time. So, what, what happened when I was in Toastmasters, I, my speeches all would always be something around time and not procrastinating. And then we could get to do speeches, and you know, but everyone I wrote one way or another tied back. And I had a mentor that was like, you know, I, I think that might be mm. your lane. Know, you always keep talking about procrastination, time. and then the funny thing is when I would do a trade show, and I remember I had like a little audio uh, of procrastination prevention tips, and they were flying off the shelf. I mean, people were like, oh, "I'm gonna get one for my father," "I'm gonna get one for my brother," "I'm gonna," and so that was kind of confirmation for me that that's that's where I needed to focus. Wonderful,
1: yeah, that's that is huge, and and who pointed that out was that mentor. Are you still in in contact with some of the original mentors that you have from?
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Awesome. So, you know, just uh, tips, tips, tips. um, Listeners like this, this, these things are uh, being validated just over and over and over again with. All of our, uh, you know, wonderful people that come on and talk about their stories and share their transparency. So, is there anything else that you want to leave for our listeners before we wrap up and get out of here today? Well, I, I do
0: have a special offer. You mentioned the audiobook, so yeah. if and this this is for your show, people that that listen to you and your show, if your listeners, if they text the number four seven four seven four seven and they type in the word Twigs Time T W I G G S. T-I-M-E, they will get an automatic link, a link that gives them access to my audiobook. book. Phenomenal. Special <laughs> offer for your listeners.
1: Thank you so much. I am beside myself with honor, sir. Um, I guess 474747. Text Twigs Time to that short code, and you will get a special gift just for listening. Um, and be sure to tune in to the 30 minute hour, um, and which you can find on at ericmtwigs.com. Yes. Uh, and there's, are there uh, any other links that you want to share?
0: Yeah, so I mean, that was the main one. So uh, you can go. So the 30 minute hour podcast yeah you can get it from my website ericmtwigs.com. we're on spotify we're on apple Podcasts as well so check that out and you can check us out at the what now movement facebook group
1: wonderful and then i, I googled eric twigs and usually you get a whole bunch of different people you know but you're the only eric twigs out there bro. <laughs> so it was a whole page and it was on to the next page uh, you know, the second page of Google list. So if, any, if, you, if you can't remember anything, you can just put his name into Uncle Google and he will share with you all the ways that you can find access to the discipline of now, the 30-minute hour, and, um, of course, Tweaks time at 474747. With that, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. I'm going to wrap it up with my uh, daily affirmation. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Tune in next time.